Welcome to Practically Speaking, from the editors of Practical Dermatology Magazine. I'm your host, Todd Schlesinger. What's hot in the cosmeceuticals market? How can clinicians make sense of the various offerings? And what are the best ways to incorporate skincare product dispensing into practice? In this edition of Practically Speaking, Dr. Amy Foreman-Taub, founder of Advanced Dermatology and Skinfo Specialty Skincare Boutique in Lincolnshire, Illinois, talks to Dr. Todd Schlesinger about the complex and evolving world of cosmeceuticals. She even addresses the private label option in the first of two interviews with Dr. Schlesinger recorded on-site in Dubai during the Dazzle Conference. Today, uh, we're going to talk about new cosmeceuticals. I understand you're um, doing a lot of interesting things with cos cosmeceuticals and are a leader uh, in the field and are educating all over the world uh, about cosmeceuticals. So I'd like to hear kind of what you have to say as far as, in a general sense, why is this something that's important to the, to the practicing dermatologist? Well, I think that cosmeceuticals are the natural, a natural thing to include with all of the patient's treatments. It's their quote-unquote homework that they need to do to participate in trying to maintain the results that they achieve and also to prepare their skin to have the maximum efficacy from the treatments that they receive from us in addition. And so I, I usually try to get all my patients on a skincare regimen, which I call the core four. Core four being everything that you already know about, but sunscreen, obviously, antioxidants to try and prevent and reverse some photo damage. In addition, something that's going to exfoliate to improve uh, turnover in the skin, and also something that's going to help us build collagen, such as growth factors, retinols, etc. So those are the ingredients. They don't necessarily need to have, be four separate products, but, but patients need to understand that rather than just prescribing them a brand of products, that they need to fulfill these four functions in their skin to really achieve healthy aging and to maintain their skin on a daily basis. So Dr. Taub, there are so many different products in each category. As a physician looking to get started in the cosmeceutical and maybe pick a few, few products for their practice, how do you narrow it down? How do you get started? It is very difficult to get started. I think when I got started, there were many fewer products. You know, it probably was maybe 20 years ago when cosmeceuticals first hit. It might even have been 25 years ago. It was the advent of alpha-hydroxy acids, which are now not super popular, but actually do create a lot of improvement in the skin. It was the first time that we ever really saw a significant improvement just from skincare products. Um, and so it was, it was kind of revolutionary. And after that, though, there's been an explosion of products. It is very confusing, but what I tend to do is try to learn about the products, find out what the science is behind them. If they don't really have any clinical studies, I really tend to not want to use those products. And then we get to know some of the products, and then we find out there's so many different parameters, but... Basically, is the company, you know, a good company? Do they stand by their products? Do they provide you service? Do they have research? What is the price point? And what kind of things are your patients looking for? So within those parameters, um, I try to choose products. And then initially, we waded through, I don't know, maybe 10 to 12 skincare lines. And one of the things that I like to point out is that each 
product line usually has what we call a hero product or a standard product. And they use that basic ingredient to then make many different products, like a cleanser, like a toner, like a serum, like a night cream. And so what you want to do is choose choose the hero products if you can. I know I, some, of the, some, of the, some of the manufacturers don't like the fact that I cherry pick their lines, but I think you need to go with what the best products are and not necessarily take the whole line. On the other hand, if you're just starting out, sometimes you can gain points or reduce the amount that you have to pay for by choosing an entire brand and learning their brand really well and then branching out into some other brands. So those are kind of a couple different ways to go. Any of those ways is smart and fine. I don't think anybody should feel too overwhelmed. So if they find a line that they like, get to know that line really well. And then after they really learn a lot more about skincare products, you can always branch out a little bit. Is there any value in looking to formulate your own products? Uh, there are uh, people doing private labeling. There are people developing their own products. If someone's interested in that, would you caution them or encourage them? If you have a passion for anything, I always encourage it. But you should understand that developing your own product is not simple. It requires a lot of capital and also a lot of knowledge. Or you can also you know, hook up with somebody that has capital, but you have to be willing then to accept the limitations that they place on you. I certainly would not start out uh, making your own products. I'm actually just now, after 25 or 30 years, considering creating a couple of products, but I think private labeling is fine uh, because what's nice about that is that some of these branded products are available on the internet for less of a price point than you can provide, and I'm totally against that. And I think that there are physicians who are unethical, who are diverting product, for instance, to Amazon. They're buying it in bulk and selling it off to third parties. Um, and then they're selling it for less than what you can sell it for in your office because you have to make an agreement with the company not to sell below a certain price. And that's one of the reasons why people create their own products or private label products because then they're not available elsewhere. I like to let my patients choose from a wide variety of products. So I do um, have private label products, and I have all the di many different brands that I've decided to carry based on many different uh, criteria. But um, when you're starting out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't necessarily create your own product unless you have a significant amount of scientific knowledge in that one area. But I wouldn't also discourage it if, if you have a passion for that. And where would you recommend your patients to go to learn more about cosmeceuticals? Oh, it's, that's a difficult question. Of course, I tell them to go to my website, which is skinfo.com, because we have vetted a lot of products and we try to put a lot of information on it. And I would caution them against, like, the flavor of the week, the Kim Kardashian popular product. Um, but it's very, very difficult uh, because there's just there's so much. I try to educate them about the ingredients that are in the products and the function of the products and try to stay away from brands. But of course, everybody wants to glom on to a particular brand. So if they're really, really involved and they want to know about a specific brand, I may say, you know, this is good about it, this isn't good about it, you know, maybe we don't have enough knowledge about it. Um, but there isn't really any great 
website that absolutely tells you. I, I kind of did like the, um, there's Paula's Choice. She has a lot of information on her website. I got to give her credit. I don't even know. I think she's an esthetician. But then when she started selling her own products, that kind of created a conflict of interest. Not that I don't have a conflict of interest too, but I still feel like I want to put my patient's knowledge ahead of whatever I can gain from them buying a product. Because there's really no point in getting patients to buy products if they don't really, you know, if they don't continue to use them, they're not going to continue to get benefits. So if they're not appropriate for the patient, for instance, if somebody has really dry skin and you recommend Retin-A for every single patient, um, they're going to have a complication that you can't correct, or you can, but they're going to have a bad experience, and then they're no longer going to want to listen to you because you've, you've told them to use a product that is going to give them a negative effect, even though it's a well-known product that's backed by science. Not every woman or man can tolerate Retin-A. So I think you have to take every person's... Um, there, I, I usually ask them four questions. One is, what is your skin type? And sometimes you have to explain that to them. Are you sensitive? Are you really, really sensitive or just a little bit sensitive? Do you have dry skin or oily skin or normal skin or in-between skin? Um, and then I tell them what that means. Um, and then I ask them how old they are and I ask them what their goals are. Sometimes they don't know. But based on those four questions, and then maybe you might add in, like, what kind of products do you use or what, what kind of amount of money that are you willing to spend every month on skincare products and how much time are you willing to spend on skincare products per day. And by that, you can kind of glean where to push them and not push them, but educate them to use products that they will actually potentially purchase that will actually make a good effect on their skin. If you tell somebody who's willing to spend three minutes a day on skincare products that have really sensitive skin and they're really dry to use, you know, Retin-A and five other products that cost $300 and take them 10 minutes a day, they are no longer going to be interested in what you have to say. So you have to tailor it a little bit to the patient and what they're looking for. So Dr. Taub, you, uh, you lecture internationally and you speak on new cosmeceuticals. What are some of the new and hot cosmeceuticals that we can be looking for in the future? Well, there's many new cosmeceuticals all the time, and even I cannot keep abreast of all of them. Um, I have been speaking on something called Definage, which is a brand, um, and the skincare product utilizes a technology that includes something called defensins. Defensins are molecules that are typically made and excreted by neutrophils during periods of inflammation and especially trauma. And these, these polypeptides stimulate a stem cell that is located in the hair follicle. This particular stem cell is called the LGR6 positive stem cell, and that particular one is important for regrowing the epidermis during periods of trauma is also really important for essentially establishing the entire epidermis during prenatal time. And it is turned on by this defensive molecule to act. So instead of having to actually create trauma in the skin, this product utilizes synthetic defensins to turn on this stem cell complex in everybody's bodies to signal to make new 
basal stem cells, which in turn make new keratinocytes. What I like in this too is a very targeted type of approach, similar to psoriasis biologics. Obviously, it's not an injected product, but the whole idea is to learn the underlying molecular mechanisms of not only disease, but also how the skin can repair itself. And then targeting that specific thing so that you're really creating a very smart kind of quote-unquote growth factor that will enable us to use our own natural uh, capacities to create new skin cells that haven't been, you know, tainted by uh, metabolic problems, photo damage, and things like, you know, genetic abnormalities that have been created by old stem cells that we already have in our epidermis, and to create actually completely new ones so that we can create youthful skin that way. And that's the basis of this skincare line, so-called fourth-generation growth factors. But it's not a matter of actually applying a growth factor. It's a matter of applying a messenger, which is a smaller polypeptide, to stimulate our own stem cells in our own skin to create these new cells. Sounds like there's a lot of new development. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much.